2: Greetings and welcome inside. Final hour tonight of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Well-dressed hobo. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So here we are as we say goodnight to the NBA as they get ready for their eight-week break for the NBA all Star Game, and then I think we get back to it sometime in the early part of June, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds about right. Ready to the well,
4: I mean, Doc Rivers said everybody was going to Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly <laughs> you think they're coming back?
2: Uh, next. Yeah. Coming up in a few minutes, man. <laughs> we are going to play that Doc Rivers sound again. Like the like the dude is trying to get fired, man. Hey, not my fault, man. We're three and seven since I took over. Yeah, not my fault. <laughs> is How this your well? y- is this your homework, Giannis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is your homework, Giannis? Ah, This is what happens, Giannis. This is what happens when you go to Cabo way too early, Giannis. Uh, But another day and another day of Super Bowl controversy all having to do with overtime. I mean, really, this is so great. I can't even tell you, man. I mean, we're getting into Friday, and we're still talking about Kyle Shanahan's decision to take the ball at the beginning of overtime. No, it's good stuff. It's great. I mean, I want something new every day until we start the season. I, 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 oh, I'm, he, I'm with you, yeah. Something new every day till the rest of the season uh this is audio that got out we're starting to now get the audio from the players they were miked up during the super bowl and obviously we're waiting to find out exactly what was said between travis kelsey and andy Reid when travis kelsey kind of bum rushed him at the on the side of well, put yeah. me in the game put me in the game okay did he really say that did he not ah uh, we'll see so that's the audio we're waiting for but until then we have this to whet your appetite. This is audio from the beginning of overtime, just before the coin flip. You're going to hear Mahomes. You're going to hear Reed. You're going to hear Kyle Shanahan, the players. As the coin flip goes, the Niners win it, and they decide to take the ball. Take a listen.
4: Go with a toss? Yeah. Which way you want to kick it? They call it. They call it, right? They're called the a coin flip. It's their coin flip, right? Which way do you want to kick it? We want the ball, Fred.
3: Because I don't know the rules. San Francisco, rule. you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called Tails again.
2: You idiots.
3: It is Tails. You want the ball? Which way do you want to kick We're going to kick that way. San Francisco received first no and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen.
4: They want it. They want the ball. They wanted it. Hey, they wanted it. They wanted
2: it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They wanted, they can have it. All right. So you heard Mahomes there. Obviously, hey, they wanted the ball. I'm sorry, Jackson. You lost that prop bet. I i, I was going to call it. Didn't go your way. I know you were set to win some money on TikTok. Couldn't do it for you. Sorry about that. Didn't work. They're going to get the football no, first. Nothing like him. That sounds exactly like it's. It's better than you. Better than your Schwarzenegger impression. Everybody knows I'm doing Patrick Mahomes here. This is what Mahomes is. Chopper, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. Get to the chopper quickly. I'll, I'll be in Predator Three. Uh, i throwing footballs at at aliens and knocking them out and killing them. That's my thing. I just throw footballs at them
4: like out of a big howitzer. It's what I do.
2: Um. This is being promoted as all all day today as look at the chiefs how happy they were they couldn't believe the 49ers took the football. Yeah, not as much. You watch the audio and it's you know maybe they were surprised a little bit. They thought they'd get the they they'd take we're going to take the football No, secondary. they were mocking them. But no Mahomes is coming off the field saying, "Hey, they want the ball. Let let let's get psyched up." And Travis Kelsey saying, "They want it. We want them to have the ball." Like, "Hey, Let's go. Like, that's really what was going on. Mahomes and Kelsey, they're just trying to find a way to pump up the team. All right, this is where we're going. We're on defense first. Uh, They want the football. Let's go do it. And, uh, again, I see this, Mike, and, and, uh, again, I go, how can you sit here and say it's Kyle Shanahan's fault they lost the Super Bowl? Okay, it's not. He had a very sound decision. It's not in a vacuum. It's not just we're going to give the ball to Mahomes and he's got four chances if we get a touch. Stop for a second. Defense was tired. They were just up and down. If you put the defense back out there, maybe you're putting Mahomes in the end zone. As a result, Mahomes got in the end zone anyway, right? So maybe what he was hoping was, all right, we'll get down there, get a touchdown, we'll tie it up, and we will get that extra possession. The way the game was going, they were able to stop Mahomes from getting in the end zone. They were able to, he wasn't up and down the field. All, all of a sudden, he's a five-touchdown day. Points were kind of at a premium, and his philosophy was sound. It was, this is why I want it. We can get the football a second time, and the Chiefs are not guaranteed to get it, and I want to get my defense off the field because look how tired they were. And yet, you think that this decision lost the Super Bowl. Like, all the plays that happened after were irrelevant. It didn't matter. Like, we knew Mahomes was going to win. Well, you know what? If you block Chris Jones on that third down play near the goal line, You had two wide receivers wide open, right? Jawan Jennings was open, and Mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk was open. Purdy couldn't see him. But he threw incomplete, so they kicked a field goal. Is that Kyle Shanahan's fault? Really, is that Kyle Shanahan's fault? It's not. And if that play goes for a touchdown, Kyle Shanahan looks like an absolute genius. Oh, now they get the football? Wow, look at this. I get in a vacuum. You don't want to give the ball to Mahomes. He knows what he needs. The whole he knows what he needs is so ridiculously stupid and overrated. If you thought you needed the football first to win the game, okay then. But but what, what all the critics are saying is that basically what happened after didn't matter. You know what? In the end, you still got to make plays. And that's what it comes down to. You still got to make plays. And the Chiefs made one play on defense that was the difference and the 49ers couldn't make a play on defense. It's not like Mahomes was was down to the end. Not like he was all oh, a fourth down going for it on fourth down all the time. No, no, no. They went down the field because the because the 49ers couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes. That had no bearing on it, right? It's an easy target cuz everybody wants to blame someone when you lose a Super Bowl. But instead, what this really was was Mahomes won the game. Mahomes was great when he needed to be, and the Chiefs' defense, which was great, was not all the way great in the Super Bowl, but it was great enough and it made plays they needed to. The Chiefs won the game. They made plays to win the game. Right? They, they they were able to they were able to control uh the turnovers. They were able to win the turnover battle. A- everything. I mean, I, I know that we're looking for narratives to say, hey, why did this team lose? But sometimes just, you know, you lost to the best quarterback in the game. You lost to the best quarterback head coaching combo in the game. You may have lost to the best head coach in the game. Because Andy Reid doesn't get the credit that he deserves, you know, winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl here. You lost the game. The other team made enough plays. Kyle Shanahan making that decision didn't give the game to you. They didn't flip the coin. Kyle Shanahan says is the right answer we want the football and and Bob Barker or, or 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 Gene Rayburn went, eh, wrong answer, ta-da, you win, and, and the Chiefs go running on the field, and go, no, they picked the wrong answer. Uh, you still got to make plays. And, and depending how the plays went, it was still sound for Kyle Shanahan to make the decisions that he did. It's not on him to lose. I get people want to target, but it's lazy. It's a lazy way to say, oh, this guy that got you to the Super Bowls, that's got you to two, and oh, by the way, the two he lost, he lost to the best quarterback in the game. He lost to Patrick Mahomes, okay? it happens. You're going to lose to the best quarterback in the game. Yo, we had a 10-point lead. 10-point leads are blown all the time. They're blown all the time. You want to go back to the Super Bowl with, with the Falcons? Oh, suddenly it's his fault. It's not Dan Quinn's fault. It's all his fault, not Dan Quinn, because you're just looking for somebody to blame. It's lazy, and it's still out there, and we're still seeing it, even though what we have, what, what we know from the game itself tells you, if you don't make plays, you're not going to win. The plays were out there to be made,
4: and the Chiefs made more than the 49ers. That's how the Super Bowl was won. End of story. Like they always say, you got to figure out the common element in the data sets, and that's where Shanahan loses uh, in those arguments. But to your point, right, you decide where I, I question still several days later is, all right, the thought process, you had a third and four from the nine, and then you went for that pass play instead of either a ro- design rollout, uh, pass play or a run to McCaffrey and thinking about whether you're going for it on fourth down, right? Whether whether it's a two-play end of drive versus taking the shot at the end zone. Again, Jones comes through un, untouched uh, and we get our answer when they kick the field goal. But the last three drives the Chiefs had were 12 plays, 11 plays, and the winning drive, 13 13 plays, 75 yards. Your defense was getting gashed. You gave up big conversions. Early on in the game, you did a great job getting off the field on third down. Down the stretch, you couldn't. No green law. Uh, Great work of containing uh, and running some misdirection against the pressure, right? Some free release, and then, all right, chase us, Uh, and you ain't getting there. A uh, couple of calls that I've seen time and time again. It's like, there's an obvious hold. I'm like, yeah, well, let's go through the game tape and find all of the penalties that you think should have been assessed and, and go right to Vinovich, who's back uh, refereeing college basketball. But to we, we saw the fall guy yesterday as Wilkes uh, wears it for this coin flip issue. I went back and actually watched it because I'm a nerd. Uh, As to how Vinovich and crew addressed it, talking about it being a new game, three timeouts, both have the opportunity to possess, he fumbles this a little bit, but finally gets it, both with an opportunity to possess the ball, uh, and then talks about a defensive score could be the thing to end it without having that second possession. Could he have gone into a little more depth in terms of you know what was at stake? But what does it prove? They wanted the ball. They, as you said, they wanted their shot. They thought they had a good game plan. And you looked at the drive they they had coming out of overtime. Went straight down the field. Just didn't execute at the end. If they score a touchdown and Mahomes matches them and then they lose, was it still the wrong move? I mean, you know, it's, it's really just... 4 days later because of all the finger pointing and because football goes away if we stop talking about it. <laughs> Let's keep blaming Kyle Chadence so we well, keep talking about football. No, we need we need more more audio to keep finding its way out. <laughs> more little clips kind of slipped out like the uh you know the yard with uh, Andy Dufresne and Shawshank, right? Like he did with the wall, bit by bit, little rocks kind of out the hole uh, in his pant pocket. That's that's kind of what we're looking for for the rest of this uh, to bridge us to the combine.
2: <laughs> yeah, but look, we're going to get the audio between Kelsey and uh, and Andy Reid. It's not that that's going to live for yeah. a while. Right, we're still going to have Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. That's going to let's to live us for a while. I mean, why, it, why do you need this so badly, Jason? Why do I need what so badly? The audio. Why do I need? What does
5: it audio? matter what Travis Kelsey says to Taylor Swift,
2: dude? Because it could be a drop that we play on the show forever. Not what Travis Kelsey. To Taylor we're not Swift. obsessed with what them Travis like Kelsey you are.
4: said to Andy Reid, dude. I, it, it, was it was about said, cheeseburgers. What tra- <laughs> I can't wait to get my Tommy burgers. <laughs> You guys did have those delivered, right, Travis? You were in charge. I said, "Chili." I don't care what he says to Trent Taylor, Swift. What he said to Andy Reid.
2: You don't care what he said to you. Care more than anybody. No, I don't, Mike. You just just hate that we're talking about the Chiefs because you can't beat them in your division. You just hate that. You hate. We got Harbaugh now. The tides are turning, baby. Hey, he's the coach of the year favorite. What are you doing? Oh man, I'll tell I really, I, re- I, re- I don't want this controversy to ever end. I want this just, I want people to just keep piling on Kyle Shanahan the more they can because this is just, this is just awesome. I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I just want to blame the guy. I just want to say it's his fault. Uh, exit out by the Fresca, exit Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Coming up next, uh, start the retirement tour for one big-time sports personality. And, yes, you will hear what Doc Rivers had to say following the Bucks loss tonight that dropped the Bucks to 3-7 and seven under Doc Rivers. And I don't know that Doc Rivers is going to be around much longer after what he said after the game. That's next right here. <laughs> Jason and Mike, this is Fox Sports Radio. Hiring is hard. Express Employment Professionals makes it easy. Forget about posting jobs or sifting through resumes, being ghosted, interviews with unqualified applicants. Move up to the pros with ExpressPros.com. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year. And they can help you, too. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. That's ExpressPros.com.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine.
5: All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me. Chris Haynes and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
5: podcasts.
2: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the TireRack.com studios. I thought I was cool. You are
5: cool. I I thought I was cool. (laughs) You're cool.
2: Apparently not. And F
5: you, Mike. I'm out.
2: (laughs) Wow.
4: Thanks, Um, buddy.
2: We will get to the Doc Rivers audio coming up in a few minutes. You got to hear it. It's absolutely outstanding, and it's typical Doc Rivers. Things aren't going well. It is not my fault. It is everybody else's fault, and I will tell you that it is not my fault. Uh, But start the clock on the Rob Manfred era. As baseball commissioner. Yep, no, no, he has set his retirement date, and he did it earlier today, talking to reporters. He has had two five-year terms as MLB commissioner, and as he says today, after this one, that's
1: it.
4: Look, I'm 65, okay? I just started a five-year term. Do that math, right? That makes me 70 years old. You can only have so much fun um, in one lifetime. Um, I have been open with them about the fact that this is going to be my last term. You know, I said it before to them before the election in July, and I'm absolutely committed to that.
2: Wait, it's been fun? He's really, really? He's been having fun as baseball commissioner? Come on, man. He looks like every time he's on camera, he is dragged kicking and screaming to have to do something involving Major League Baseball. He hates the players. He hates the teams. He loves the owners. He hates the trophy. I mean, wait, really? He's been having fun? I think he's been the guy saying, I got to get out because I need some kind of joy in my life. Uh, I'm going to be 70. And I don't know what kind of time I have left, but I'm going to enjoy myself rather than be the commissioner of Major League Baseball because, you know, I don't like anything going on. I don't like the players. I don't like the game. I don't like any part of it. But I'm going to get
4: out while the getting's good. Well, he's made some substantive changes. I mean, we've gotten more World Baseball class, Classic. We've got the pitch count. Everybody likes the pitch count. That's good. Drug testing, players don't like that very much. Uh, You had a lockout, really didn't like that. Uh, The Astros got away with cheating. I don't know how the players as a whole feel about it. Most of them kind of just shut up and just said, well, kind of sucks, but what are you going to do? A couple of folks were vocal, and certainly here in Los Angeles, a lot of Dodger players uh, were vocal about it. We've had a a number of uh, similar but – Considered lesser cheating scandals with a number of big-time teams implicated. We had um, electronic fraud going on with members of—oh, wait, that's the Cardinals tied back into the Astros So uh, about scouting reports and stuff. So you got all of that under his watch. And remember, he came in, you know, with, as the right-hand man and, and having to play the heavy in a lot of the legal proceedings and negotiations. So, uh, long tenured history. I think a lot of folks will be happy to see him go. Of course they will. The players right
2: now are planning their parties for early 2029. What day can we do it? What day can we celebrate this guy leaving? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those, he leaves and everybody throws a party that night. Oh, but Especially he seems to be one of, yeah, one of
4: those guys that, that got into it, right? And, and maybe he's got some, uh, some latent love of baseball that we're not aware of. Uh, but go back to the hunk of metal comment. Look, not, there's been numerous uh, trophy presentations and, and other uh, media gatherings where he just looks like he'd rather be anywhere else or discussing widgets just the same. Right. The passion that you see in some of these other folks, even if you hate Adam Silver, he likes basketball. Right. Roger Goodell likes money, likes what he does, but he loves the pageantry and the power of the NFL with Rob Manfred. You you never get the feeling like, man, I'm so happy to be here in this (laughs) moment to get it. Here's this hunk of metal. I'd rather I'd rather just be hanging out at home watching TV.
2: Like that—that—that's why I'd rather be anywhere but right here, trying to talk about baseball with people that don't like me, don't respect me, and 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 to a to an audience that doesn't care what I have to say. I mean, really, that, that's 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 what it is. That's Rob I never got for a second that I thought he was enjoying what was going on, enjoying being the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Like it was a pain to him. And all I want to do is make sure. Hey, I'm taking over Bud Sealing. All I want to do is make sure everybody's making money. The rest of it I don't care about. Let me work behind closed doors. Everybody's making money. But what about the game? What about the players? What about – no, no, no. Just as long as owners are making money, that's all I care about. That That's Rob Manfred. And, you know, and the, the, the thing is, you talked about his legacy. Yeah, pace of play is up. That turned out to be a good idea. They added uh, postseason teams. Now we got 12 teams in. But you know what? That's stuff you're supposed to do as commissioner. I'm not giving him any credit for that. There's a reason why you're comm- – it's not like, oh, hey, you're not supposed to do anything, like I'm going to sit behind my desk and not – no, you're supposed to come up with ideas that help to, to move the game forward a little bit. And, and okay, pace of play and, and adding a, a playoff team. But his dark side of the moon – And his legacy is he did not punish the Astros nearly enough for a cheating scandal. That's the worst on-field scandal we had seen in baseball in 100 years. And he decided, I don't want to be the commissioner that canceled a World Series or took a World Series away, so I'm going to go light. And as a result... I don't want that to be my legacy, and that's absolutely going to be all of his legacy. He even said, oh, not my finest moment. And you know what? That's a load of crap, because he had all kinds of opportunities to make a decision. He didn't have a time. He he wasn't hit with this decision on a Thursday night, and we didn't know by Friday morning at 9 o'clock. He had an entire off season. He had time to figure it out. He had time to, to, to get what the investigation was, and all the facts they found out about it. No, no, no. He had plenty of time to make the right decision, and he biffed it. So, no, I do not feel bad at all for him. I don't give him any credit for saying, oh, yeah, you know, not my finest hour. No, no, you had plenty of time. You had plenty of time to make a call. I get if you wanted to, if you had to make something really fast, it's, I don't know how this is going to age. It's a decision, but I I really have to make it by tomorrow at 9, so I'm going to make it. No, no, no. You had plenty of time, and you blew it, and you deserve that that's your legacy, that the first line of your Wikipedia page is going to be, Rob Manfred, former MLB commissioner, mainly known for not really doing anything for the biggest scandal the sport has seen on the field since the 1919 Chicago White Sox. That's going to be his first line, and it should be his first line.
4: Oh, 100%. Right? He turned, turned a blind eye. And, again, I wish more, more players were, were truly vocal about it uh, and, and admonished him for it. I get it. It's you know you're playing some politics or whatever else, and you know you're always worried about what Major League Baseball is going to creep around and find around your clubhouse if they they dig too hard. And and I think that's that that's the true reason. Right, because it's just like all the scandals or uh, controversies we've had in other sports. Like, well, the other teams are doing it too, right? College football. How many coaches have done that? Well, they were they were doing the same thing, right? That was the argument Michigan was using. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like, well, Ohio State did it first. So all of that comes back to you know Rob Manford and and choosing to go light and, and denigrating what has always been America's pastime. Now we fight about the football thing, whatever uh but i'm old so i'm still gonna give love to baseball in this regard uh you know the sanctity of the game and whatever um look we've all watched eight men out a hundred times so the fact that you know when when it was an opportunity to be strong in the face of obvious issues here uh he was weak uh and disappeared now we you know we've been having conversations with john paul morosi and others through the years of all right, what does this do for Hall of Fame, particularly when you look at a guy like Al Tuve? You know, how much of an effect should it have? Uh, or you just put a picture of Rob Manford next to it. and go, oh, blame this guy.
2: <laughs> Albert, how many games did Mr. Seacott win for us this year? 29, sir. <laughs> 29 is not 30, Eddie. You will get only the money you deserve. <laughs> Anything never,
4: else? Is, we can never run that line enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it, Mr. Kaminsky. Thank you. <laughs> $10,000. In cash before the first game. What? You heard me. Uh, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the com studios. Coming up in 90 seconds. Yeah. It's time to hear Doc Rivers play the not-me blame game. But first. A guy who always says, hey, don't blame me. Anything goes wrong here at Fox Sports Radio. It's not my fault. Am I on? It is Steve DeSager
5: who's got what's trending. Hey, Steve. Nobody knows I work here. In college basketball on FS1 tonight, USC was a 68-64 winner over Utah in the late game. Earlier wins for St. Mary's and Florida Atlantic in the top 25. Number 2 Purdue was down at home by 8 at the half and beat Minnesota 84-76. to The Maui Invitational will return to Maui in November after a y- wildfires there last summer. Iowa's Caitlin Clark scored 23 points in the first quarter. She's now the all-time leading scorer, NCAA Division I women's basketball history. She wound up with 49 points in the game tonight as Iowa beat Michigan 106-89. She had 13 assists as well. The NBA is officially on All-Star break now. All-Star game is in Indianapolis this Sunday. There were three games in the association tonight before the break. Memphis beat Milwaukee 113-110. to Danilo Gallinari agreed to join the Bucks for the rest of the year. Golden State, which just won at Utah on Monday, won there again tonight. One forty to one thirty-seven. Clay Thompson off the bench had thirty-five points, and Minnesota sent Portland to a six straight loss. One twenty-eight to ninety-one. In the NHL, among the 12 games, Florida was a 4 nothing winner at Buffalo. Rangers 7-4 over Montreal. And Dallas won 9-2 at Nashville. Tiger Woods shot a 1 over 72 in L.A. He's tied for 49th place. Patrick Cantley leads by one stroke after a first-round 64. Jason Day is tied for second. The Bears cut safety Eddie Jackson. 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw had surgery today for a torn Achilles. Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith gets nearly 13 Million dollars if he's still on the team's roster tomorrow, and reportedly he will be. NASCAR's dual races were tonight on FS1 from Daytona. This sets the lineup for Sunday. Tyler Reddick won the first duel. He races for Michael Jordan's team. Veteran Jimmy Johnson qualified for Sunday's 500, which will be on Fox TV. Chance of rain there this Sunday. Christopher Bell won the second duel tonight. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred says he will step down in 2029 when his current term ends. He's had the job since 2015. Orioles pitcher. Kyle Kyle Bradish will open the season on the injured list with a sprained elbow ligament and Baltimore starter John Means may miss opening week, still recovering from Tommy John surgery. All MLB teams, pitchers and catchers have now reported to spring training. Most full squad workouts start next week. The Cleveland Guardians moved their season opener start time back one hour due to an eclipse April the 8th. By the way, the regular season starts early for the Dodgers and Padres. They'll play each other two games in South Korea, March 20th and 21st. Back to you.
2: Thanks a bunch, Steve-O. The Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon live from the Tyrac.com studios. So tonight in the NBA, last night before the big break, uh, we saw a big night from Klay Thompson and the Warriors, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But the Milwaukee Bucks go down to the Grizzlies. Big night by John Morant. It's a big game When Hang on, wait, wait, wait. Hey, hang on, hang on. John... Sorry. Uh... <laughs> They lose to the Grizzlies by three. It was a bit thrilling at the end. Damian Lillard had a chance to win the game, but his big desperation three does not fall, and the Bucks then fall to three and seven under Doc Rivers. And at this point, after the game was over, we had the conversation. How long does Doc Rivers have before he's replaced? I don't know that he makes it out of March because this was a move that the Bucks made hoping that it would work. They're not going to watch the Bucs just spiral into oblivion. And why are we in the play-in round now? We're below the Knicks. I mean, come on, man. We have Giannis. (laughs) We're below the Knicks in the standings. Um, How long do they really have? I I don't know that you can get past March before you say, okay, let's bring in the fourth head coach in the last calendar year. (laughs) You're going to have no choice because it's not going well. And Doc Rivers, this team had the second best record in the NBA. And now look at them free fall through the standings. I don't think they're getting out of March if they keep playing like this. And then Doc Rivers decided, well, there's a lot of fire here. I'm going to add some fuel to it. Why did the Bucks lose tonight? Here was his statement following the game. We come back in this, uh, on our
1: set. Uh, two guys forget what we're running. Uh, then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. Um, you know, um we we had some guys here and we
3: had some guys in cabo.
1: Woo <laughs> we had some guys
0: here
2: and some guys in cabo. One, I'm two, four. three cabo! This is not my fault. This is not my fault. Not, you can't blame me. This is not my fault. Wasn't my fault in Philadelphia. Wasn't my fault with the Clippers. Not my fault here. Not my fault. Can't blame me. And I know you're going to. We're going to the All-Star break. Everybody's going to look. Why do we stink under Doc Rivers? Not my fault. It's you guys. You guys not been playing good. And I know I'm still getting to know you guys. But I'm going to blame you all right now before we go split for a week and a half. And by the time we come back to play, you're going to be really mad at me. I mean, this is Doc <laughs> Rivers from the playbook of this is not my fault, and everywhere he goes, Doc Rivers' half life as an NBA coach just continues to get cut in half. The years he had with the what do he have six seven years with the Clippers, he had three years yeah. with the Seventy Sixers. Now he's had a better part of three weeks with the with, with the Bucks, and wow. it's already falling apart. And he's blaming his players. Okay, I mean this is this is the Doc Rivers playbook. It's not my fault. But the main part of it is this, because, like, we've seen this with Doc Rivers. But the fact that he says we had some guys here and some guys in Cabo, that doesn't wash anymore, even if he's right, right? Even if he's right that the guys have quit, you know, for the, they were ready to go. I understand that to an extent. Yes, you are professionals. You should be doing this. But all the players are right now saying, hey, we're off for a week. I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking forward to that week away. It's been a long season. We still have 30 games left to go. I'm excited to get away. Even Austin Reeves last night was asked, hey, how do you feel about your team? Oh, man, Rui Hachimura was great. AD was great. And I'm looking forward to seeing those guys in seven days. Right? Like, even Austin Reeves, like, we're playing well, but I need a break. I've had enough. Playing well and being motivated in a, night, yeah. in a time like this, this is under Doc Rivers' description as head coach, right? You're the one that's got to get them to play on nights where, hey, things might not be going so well. It's when you change rotations, you sit guys down, you send message during the game, and you try to say, everything I can to win this game. But instead, Doc was happy to say, oh, guys didn't know, and, and nobody was here tonight. That also does not work anymore. Right, You can be mad about that and say, oh, you can't say anything to players anymore. They're too mm-hmm. sensitive. The Gen Z players now all, all are, are a little bit too soft. No, and you may be right about that. I mean, you may be right about that. But the bottom line, it doesn't matter because this is the game, and these are the players, and that strategy doesn't work. It doesn't. the yeah, bringing does in is,
4: Gallinari and fixes everything.
2: All it does, just wait till Gallinari gets here. We'll be fine. I try, he's going to play a lot of minutes. Giannis will play less. It'll be great. Uh, that doesn't work. Players don't respond to that. They don't respond to being called out. They don't respond to being called out by a head coach. They certainly don't respond to being called up by a head coach who's been there all of five minutes. That they're still learning. They're wondering about this guy. Now suddenly here he is throwing us under the bus. And he does it when they're going away from each other for seven days. All that's going to do is allow all this bad feeling to fester and get even worse. I mean, Doc... I don't know if at this point you can say he's lost touch with players because the last time the guy was really, really successful, you're going back in the aughts, man. Really, you're going back in the aughts. He couldn't win with the Clippers despite the fact he had some of the most talented rosters in all of the NBA. Guy had all-star after all-star after all-star. He had Joel Embiid. He had the perennial MVP. Nope, couldn't win there. Another, nope, couldn't win there. Now here he is with Giannis, and he's 3-7. and seven. I mean, really, I, I, I don't know. I said out of March. I'm not, Did Doc Rivers even get out of February after this? I mean, really, I mean, really. Is Giannis going to make a phone call going, hey, I was here tonight. I wasn't in Cabo. We need somebody else. And then Phil Jackson comes and takes over the Bucks the rest of the season. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's out before the end of February. It's a leap year, so he's got that extra day, twenty twenty, uh, the 29th. So, but maybe he makes it out by the end of February.
4: Yeah, there's a, a lot of difficult games on the schedule. We chronicled it earlier. You can find it all in the podcast uh, as you as you peruse uh, your audio uh, opportunities and, and options. We appreciate you making us uh, part of your daily listening, uh, but certainly it's a tough road. I don't know if the break allows you to reset, go back through tape, and, and glean something that you missed along the way in terms of your defensive setups. Again, we go back to even before the season, before Uh, the earlier dismissal of coach uh, that you you gave something up as much as you might have gained from the offensive uh, firepower of Damian Lillard you gave up a lot on defense and that was the hallmark of this squad so now you're trying to reestablish identity with yet another coach Uh, which is never going to be easy, and then you go in and sleepwalk through portions of this game. It's not like they got blown out, but they might as well have, because this is that much more crippling going into a break where you have some of those obvious moments in a game. You know, the Unforced errors and hustle, and you know, going back to what Wilkes and company were talking about coming out of the NFC title game, right? And what did you have? That defense came out like a house of fire uh, against the the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it was not sustainable uh, for a full four quarters plus OT. But that's what Doc is hoping. Maybe this lights a fire. If nothing else, he's now the common enemy.
2: Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> maybe by maybe March first, it's somebody else. It's Phil Jackson. It's Phil Jackson. exit uh, out about a fresca. Exit Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Coming up next, some crazy thoughts as the new NFL coach of the year favorites are out there, and why sometimes desperation can be a really good strategy.
3: This is Fox Sports Radio.
4: Or a stinky cologne. Can come both ways.
3: True. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics,
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the
2: Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon.
5: Did you go to Cabo? <laughs> I sent you to Cabo.
2: Live from the Tyrex.com studios. Mister, you lower a phone down here so I can make a phone call. I got your dog right here. You lower down this phone. I got to make a phone call. I got to call the Bucks. I got to call Mallory Edens and say,
4: hey, this is not my fault. This is not my fault. Put Aaron Rodgers on the phone. Go back uh, and watch the video of Doc in the final minute <laughs> during timeouts and stuff. He <laughs> looks like his head's going to explode. The frustration. Get ready. Man. Get ready. Juan
2: Howard, next Milwaukee Bucks head. Coach. Okay, so tonight in the NBA, final night before we we break for the All Star Game, and we will spend a lot of time on on the Milwaukee Bucks situation and how look, who knows how much longer Doc Rivers has? Because I'll tell you, they're not going to wait much longer and allow this team to continue to to get to spiral out of control. But sometimes desperation can be a great strategy, right? When when you're trying to figure something out and there's no other solution. Desperation can be your friend. Tonight, the Warriors beat the Jazz one forty to one thirty-seven. Right? Why is tonight a big deal for Golden State? They didn't make a move at the deadline. Didn't trade for anybody. Didn't trade away uh, Andrew Wiggins to get what something they need. Didn't make a move. They're sitting here going, "We're a five hundred team. What can we do?" Now they beat the Jazz tonight. But why this is such a big deal is for the first time since he was a rookie, Clay Thompson. Came off the bench for the Warriors. Likely he will stay there after his 35-point performance in 28 minutes tonight. Uh, Said Thompson after the game, you can do two things. You can pout or you can go out there and respond. I thought I did the latter very well tonight. And this was a great Coaching decision. Steve Kerr talked to Klay Thompson about it before the shoot-around today. And no, you don't expect Klay Thompson to be happy about it. The guy's really proud, and he thinks he's one of the best 50 players of all time. But in the end, he slowed down. He's not the same guy. He is a volume shooter. He'll still score 22 points a game on 18 shots. Doesn't get it done. But now that he's coming off the bench, especially tonight, against team's second units, maybe the Warriors found something. Maybe they found, hey, wait a minute, wait a maybe this works. Maybe our offense clicks a little bit better. Maybe our starters are able to to put up some little bit better numbers here. Maybe you don't have to worry about just Steph Curry now. Maybe this will open things up for Andrew Wiggins a little bit, who had 19. Draymond had 23 tonight. There were more shots for him. There were more shots for everybody tonight with Clay coming off the bench. And maybe, just maybe, The Warriors have hit on something. Now, are they going to be good enough to suddenly go all the way up the standings? No, because, look, you still – the talent roster they have, they're still at the point where they're an older team. But you start putting up points like this, and you get in the playoffs, and you're suddenly playing young teams that, even though they're first or second in the conference, you get them in the playoffs where things get a little tight. Yeah, maybe this will jumpstart the Warriors. They could have another big playoff run and one more shot at the Apple. I mean, it was desperation. There's nothing else they can do, but Clay coming off the bench – Tonight and going forward, it's the right call. Not only that, they made the call tonight. This could have easily been something where Steve Kerr said, hey, in the break we're going to talk about this and we have seven days. Get used to it when you come back. You're going to come off the bench. No, ripped the Band-Aid off, did it tonight, and now they go into the, to the break and Klay Thompson knows this is what it's going to be going forward. The team knows what it's going to be going forward and maybe they hit on something really good. It was desperate, but it
4: worked, and that's a big deal for the Warriors. Best streaking squad in the Western Conference, eight and two in their last ten. Entered the break uh, above five hundred, two and a half games ahead of Utah. Uh, and they're losers of four straight, and you're uh, a game and a half behind the Lakers. So sitting in the 10 slot, you're going to get Chris Paul back. He's been doing a lot more workouts to ramp up, so you got to figure out how to integrate him back into the lineup. Uh, Moody was a D-not, did not play, coach's decision. So you still have some rotational stuff you have to work on. Obviously, Jerramon Green giving you 23 points, a uh, nice bonus uh, tonight. But maybe, uh, as you said a, a little bit earlier, and as you and I are uh, – going back and forth over the course of uh, the evening, May- maybe he finds a little more uh, offensive firepower going forward uh, with this switch. But but certainly they're intriguing and they're not dead, right? So long as you got uh, Curry out there, you know, you, you-, you have the, sh- the old shooter's chance for lack of a better term, uh, you know, especially, you know, and-, and the championship medal guys that have been there before.
2: The Jason Smiths with Mike Harmon live from the com studios. All right, let's finish with this from the NFL. The odds for NFL Coach of the Year 2024 mm-hmm. came out today. Right now, Jim Harbaugh is the favorite. Sure. Obviously. Raheem Morris is third. Okay, Rob- yeah. Robert Sala is fifth. And Matt Eberflus is ninth. What the hell, man?
4: Well, it's Sala's like- in a bit of a log, Jim. But, These yeah. Are-
2: the, the, this is one guy that could be really good and, and two guys who could get fired, and, but now suddenly they could be coach of the year. They're one of the favorites for coach of the year.
4: Well, because it, you know it's backwards thinking of their, they have to overcome past failure uh, to rise up here. We're failing upwards. We can
2: fail upwards. Hey, here's Robert Sala and Matt Eberflus, who are lucky to still have their hey, jobs. But here they are in the top ten. But Look, what do we it, always say? You're not going to give it to a guy who's had perennial success. It's got to be a surprise or a breakthrough. Dude, if the Jets are any good next year, then it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. He should win Coach of the Year. Robert Saul is not going to do anything. He's a terrible head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Run those stairs. Give Coach of the Year to Aaron Rodgers. Coming up next, my buddy Ben Maller. This is Fox.